Hello and welcome to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. I am really excited today. Uh, we've got a great guest and I think you're going to absolutely love this show. Seth Green um, is the host of uh, Sharkpreneur. Uh, one of the, actually it is the uh, top uh, podcast in the country today. And what I'm excited about here is it's, uh, you know, Seth is in my estimation, and according to his bio, but it's more than his bio, <laughs> it's my estimation. He is the foremost authority on growing your business with direct response marketing podcasts. And that's just a little thumbnail sliver of, of the stuff that he does. I mean, in the work that he's done with Kevin Harrington uh, over at Shark Tank, and, uh, and Kevin is a co-host with him on, on his podcast here, um, there's going to be some real interesting conversations, I think, that emerge. So, Seth, Welcome. Thank you so much, Blaine. It's an honor to be here. I do have to correct you. We are not the top rated show. We are number six. So I just number wanted six. to make sure number six rated. And that, that was number six in 2019. We're trying to get higher than that before the end of this year. Okay. Well, hopefully being on this show will bump it a little. I Stop certainly dragging. hope so. But I, again, it's the soul of business. So I wanted to have integrity and make sure that we didn't give them a false impression. Well, I appreciate that. And you know, just with that kind of a segue, and I love, love a ringer in the conversation here. Uh, when you hear the term, the soul of business, what does that bring up? That's a question I ask every guest, and it usually you know, gets us uh, someplace very interesting. I bet. So, and I've listened to quite a few of your episodes in preparation for this. So soul of business for me brings up a couple things. It brings up, does your business actually have a soul? Does it come from your heart? Does it come from a place of serving and helping people? And then the other thing it kind of brings up for me would be, are you doing business without selling your soul? Because there are so many opportunities that we come across throughout our business lives to maybe take a check we shouldn't have, take a client we shouldn't have, sell something maybe not that we know isn't the best. So I think it, it, it brings up for me, does your business have a soul and are you selling it in the process of making a living? You know, I, in all of the episodes I've done, you are the first guest that has brought that point up. Are you wow. selling your soul uh, in, in pursuit of doing your business? Um, I, yeah, and speaking, you know, just personally, I've got a couple of examples in my, you know, 40 plus career where, yes, in fact, you know, we compromised some things. And I've got some examples where we didn't. Um, and there is a qualitative difference. Yes. Yeah. And you know, in terms of you know, impact on the culture of the company, a lot of different things here. I mean, I can remember one time uh, we were doing some work uh, with Philip Morris, and I'll just name the brand um, in Japan. And the, the uh, firm that I was with, I was uh, yeah, at that point in time, the head of um, you know, what ended up becoming the largest consultancy in Asia. And we had a no smoking you know, ethos in the company. As a matter of fact, we paid people not to smoke. And at that time in Japan, there was, yeah, everybody smoked pretty much. Um, and so doing business with uh, Philip Morris was interesting. And I remember conducting some sales programs for them where I actually outright banned smoking in the room, which, yeah. Went over, very interesting. I went, went over like a lead balloon in a pin factory, as my mother used to say. I'm going to steal that one. That's a good one. <laughs> but yeah, but we held, we held the line on it. We kept the 
the contract. We held the line on it. We did some really good work with them. It was uh, an interesting client to have. But the, the whole point of, you know, you raised two issues. Does the company have a soul? I've got a bias towards everything has a soul in some way, shape or form. So partly the question is how do we stay connected to it? And then once we have done that, part of the staying connected to it is making sure we don't sell it. <laughs> Or sell Absolutely. Out. Sure. So I'll go in reverse order. Yeah. And I we I had a number of years ago, we had a potential client come to us and they were what I would call in the sports tout industry. And for those of you who don't know, that's you pay them and they tell you who to bet on in, you know, Sunday's football games or whatever, or horse races, baseball, whatever it is. And the premise was we would help them acquire their competitors' customers and then market to them, get them over to their sports tout service. And then these guys knew that as much as they profess that there's a science and we always pick, we pick winners at this high degree, they, they knew that to a certain extent, nobody had a real secret formula, even though they market that they did. And they said, oh, well, we have like 12 different brands of sports taps and 12 different gurus. So as soon as they lose with sports guru number one and cancel, we then send them marketing from sports guru number two that says sports guru number one is a fraud. And this is why he was bad and why you lost. And now you should hire us and we'll tell you. And they just keep recycling back and all the way around. And I said, I can't do business like that. I mean, you got to ultimately be helping people. You got to ultimately be having a positive impact on humanity in some small way. Your corner of the world is fine. But if you know that your service doesn't necessarily do what it says it does or really work that well, and you're really just going to keep recycling customers from one brand to another just to keep getting money out of them as long as you can while they're losing money, Mm -hmm. um, I I can't take you on. I'm, I'm like, I can't take the money. It was life-changing money. It was a potential, it was a six-figure contract with potential seven-figure bonuses for achieving goals because these guys print money. They make so much. I said, I just can't, I got to sleep at night. I just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, I was talking to somebody the other day about this. It's far easier to uh, talk about our values than it is to live our values. And living value yeah. requires discipline. It requires it making You got to go home and make a hard choice because I had to tell my wife, you know, hey, honey, we could have just bought a new house for cash with that money yeah. and, and not doing it. I'm not, I'll work harder. I am not taking, I'm not selling my soul. Um, I'm not doing that. I got to feel good about myself and look myself in the mirror and be happy with the work that we're doing for our clients because that's part of my, our soul of our business, of our marketing firm is the ripple effect we have. So if I help one chiropractor, he helps, a, let's say he helps a hundred patients and they all feel better and they're healthier. But if we help a hundred chiropractors, maybe now we can reach tens of thousands of people. Um, so what, whatever the business is, it's got to have a positive ripple effect where, I mean, we worked for some alter, a, lot of, a number of alternative healthcare firms where they would get testimonials saying, I saw that ad you did on Facebook, or I did that, I heard the interview you did on that podcast. So I came to your workshop and then I came to your practice and my neuropathy has gone and you saved my life and I was going to kill myself. Like that's what gives me goosebumps and gets me up in the morning. Not everybody saves lives, but the, oh my God, this changed. I'm out of debt now. Or I, my kids can go to the college that I thought I couldn't afford now. I got to have, our clients have got to have a ripple effect that moves the needle emotionally and spiritually for us in order to get engaged. So I think that's how you stay connected is knowing what you want in the first place 
and then making sure you only work with people who are aligned with that mission. Perfect. Now that, yeah, that kind of brings up an interesting, actually for me, a couple of questions. Um, now, yeah, Kevin's one of your partners, Kevin Harrington. And yeah, so one of the questions it's always interesting to ask in this environment is how did you get Kim to move over? <laughs> so yeah, that would be one thing. But secondly, on the Shark platform, uh, and you've been there, um, talking about this selling the soul, you know, selling your soul in order to, you know, there's hard choices entrepreneurs make when they're on that cusp. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are we going to survive or are we, you know, what's, you know, and this looks too good to you know, be true. I mean, all of those dynamics come into play here. How have you managed to counsel people? And I'm going to put this in the form of counseling. How have you managed to counsel people not to lose themselves in pursuit of what they think is success? Wow. That's really, all right. So I got to go back to the first question, which is Kevin, I kidnapped Kevin. So mm -hmm. I saw him speak at an entrepreneur's organization event that happened to be in my hometown. And when everyone else was getting to the back of the room and getting his book and signing, getting an autograph or a selfie, I said, that's not gonna make me stand out. I said, Mr. Harrington, this is before Uber. I said, Mr. Harrington, I'm here to take you to the airport. Um, and he said, nice to meet you. I was just gonna get a cab. And I said, I insist, I'm taking you to the airport. He said, okay. Um, so I drove very slowly to the airport. <laughs> He's not from here. He doesn't know how long it takes to get to the airport. So I had extra time to pitch in the car. Um, and it went well enough that he said, thanks for the ride. I'm interested in what you have to say. Send me what, you, here's my address. Here's my, uh, send me what you want to send me. And I'll take a look at it. I said, that's the best I can ask for. So I sent him what I wanted to send, what we call a shock and awe box. And we can talk about that later if you want. But I sent it to him. His secretary interrupted his board meeting and said, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. You got it, Mr. Harrington. You got to watch this right now because I have a DVD player in it with a video from me to him. He opened it and watched it in front of his whole board and then called me going, I'm not happy that she interrupted my board meeting. I know you didn't tell her to do that, but I do want to talk. I'm getting on a plane. When I get off the plane, I'll call you and we can talk. So that started a consulting relationship. He then hired us to work on marketing for a number of his portfolio companies. And then a couple of years ago, um, three or four years ago, he puts on a live version of Shark Tank called Pitch Tank three times a year before COVID. Mm -hmm. He hired us to market that. Then he asked me to be a judge on the panel, picking what businesses got investment capital. Um, and then at one of those events, we had held it in, in Vegas at a casino with 2000 investors. He then says, hey, I want a podcast. I don't want to do any work. And I said, I already have a show. It wasn't called Sharkpreneur then. And I said, why don't you come be my co-host and I'll do all the other episodes. You do one a week and you only have to promote the episodes you're on and I'll do, all, we'll do all the rest. And he said, I'm in. So that's how I got Kevin. And obviously that relationship keeps expanding and we've now started a couple companies together. Um, so it's been absolutely incredible. And I've learned a ton from a couple hundred interviews of watching him work. So it's been a fantastic experience. Uh, the second question was how do we count uh, counseling people on how to stay connected and not sell their soul in light of going for success? If I'm remembering and paraphrasing that yep. correctly, I would say, first of all, you got to find what success really is because there are a lot of polluted definitions in our society. I'm going to dis respectfully disagree with Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't think you have to grind 16 hours a day. Um, I don't think you have to smile and dial and make cold calls and interrupt strangers and tell everybody you run into on the street about what you're doing. I think it's not all about the money. 
I think, I mean, there've been a million studies depending on after X amount of 70,000 or whatever it is a year in America, happiness doesn't geometrically increase with more money. Once you can pay your bills, you got a house in the burbs, you got the cars, the kids are fine, right? An extra 10, 20, 100 grand doesn't radically change your life. I mean, it might get you a country club membership, but it doesn't really increase your metrics of happiness. So I think that it's important to figure out if you want the money, what do you want it for? Do you want to give it away? Is it because it will increase your impact on other people? And if it's not about the money or what the money can do for you, the time freedom it could buy for you, the relationship it gets you back with your kids because you don't have to work 18 hours a day, what exactly are you trying to do? And is there a different way than society measures to achieve that success? Maybe, I mean, we, I, I talked to yesterday, a gentleman on the Forbes 30 under 30 who's invented Google glasses for wheelchairs which means if you're a paraplegic, normally you would blow through a straw device to try and move the chair. This literally, it's Google Glass, like where you, they're like, they go, where you look is where the chair moves, which is amazing. And that's Ripple. I mean, he's changing serious lives with that. So he wants to get it. He doesn't care about, hey, should I sell this for 37.97 or 47.97 and make some extra margin? It's, I wanna get this as low as I can and then still make money to get it to as many people as I can. Yeah, I love that. You know, Earl Nightingale years ago said that you know, his definition of success, yes. yeah, it's the uh, progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Yep. And yeah, my language, yeah, I mean, I, I can always am talking about for the sake of what? I'm doing this yes. for the sake of what? My business, what's you know, not the mission of my business, but what's the for the sake of what of my mission uh, as an example here? And that's, I think, really how we stay our, you know, connected to the soul, not only of ourselves, but of, of our business uh, itself. And you talk about happiness. I think happiness, and this is just my own bias, uh, happiness is an internally generated state that is either present or it's not. Yep. And it's not predicated on having anything external being present. I'm, I'm, I, I can be happy sitting by myself, sucking air, watching a sunset. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there are Tony Robbins uses the example of the people who live near his resort in Fiji. Mm -hmm. And he always he would always go over in the beginning and try and donate things to them and give them stuff. And he'd be like, we don't want it. We're and they're just happy. Yeah. I'm happy when it rains. I'm happy when it's sun. I'm happy when it's day. I'm happy when it's night. Like they're just, he's like, they're like the happiest people I've ever seen. And they have they might live in a mud hut. And he's like, so it's not dependent upon your income or your things you can be happy in any condition, it's a choice. Yeah, see that, you know, in, in this country in particular, and it's codified in the, uh, you know, the, the pursuit of happiness, you know, the pursuit of happiness. And that has gotten us off track, I think, in yes. some very interesting ways, um, because now it's, a, it, it's, yeah, it's devolved to ever-increasing consumption, which isn't sustainable as, as an economic model. It really isn't. And I like your example of the AI glasses where uh, it's kind of like, you know, the, the chair is going to go where I'm looking and I'm not interested in margin. It's not that I'm not interested in margin, but I am interested in impact. Yes. So for the sake of what? So for those of you that are listening, I mean, when you're, when you're paying attention to the soul of your business, I mean, really play with that question for the sake of what are you doing, what you're doing? And if it's not something that you think is uplifting the quality of the, uh, the life on this planet, 
you're going to have some difficulty uh, keeping yourself afloat long term. I got it. Yeah, my 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 bias. Yeah. Right, that is your belief that that is true. I would agree with you, but there are obviously people who see it the other way. Oh yeah, I uh, yeah <laughs> spent a career. There are the people opening another coffee shop a block away from another coffee shop just because they want a coffee shop. Yep, that's exactly right. And I work for them too. <laughs> I've heard that they ran out of places to open Starbucks. So Howard Schultz is now opening Starbucks in the bathrooms of Target. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's already it's in true, Target. It's a true story. It's already in Target. So yeah. Uh, and we're not going to cannibalize our, uh, no, our, our steam for sales. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, uh, some of the stuff that you uh, are presented with you know, in, in uh, your, your business, and I'm, I'm taking this back into, um, you know, your, your full-time business, which you know, I'm, I'm making the assumption is, you know, is your agency, you know, the yes. marketing firm, Market Domination. LLC.com. LLC.com, yeah. Um, as a marketer working for clients. Correct. Where do you, f and I'm going to go back into this solo business piece here, you know, I've worked with marketers before, um, and I have been on the other side of that as a as a client as well. Uh, where, you know, with, when our clients are making requests of us uh, and doing some different things, where do you draw the line? Wow, so that's a really good question. I think it's got to be in line with our values. So we, I gave you the example of the sports touting service we've turned down. We've turned down tobacco. We've turned down what you would call the vice stocks, tobacco, firearms, casinos. Um, we are, but it's not just that, it's also the person behind the company. I mean, we let go of a very large client because we found out um, he flew in, this is before COVID, this is a couple of years ago. Um, he flew in for a consulting day. We had been working with him for a while. And he said, I got some other ideas. I don't want to just do it on GoToWebinar or whatever. I want I to fly in for a couple of days. We'll devote the whole staff to you all day. Every day you're here. We'll take you out to lunch and dinner. You know, we'll hang out for a couple of days. We'll mind map it all out, blah, blah, blah. Great. Extra fee for us to not do any work anywhere else for three days. No problem, right? The check comes in. And then when we're out to dinner, he made, and this is three, four years ago, he made some very negative comments. Some were about people's appearance, some were about the race, some were about a number of different things. And I, I literally was like, I, I couldn't believe he was saying these things out loud. And he's an older guy, grew up in a different generation. So that could be a partial excuse. But I was like, why would you say that to your marketing company? Like we had to let him, I was like, I can't, if this is who you really are, which I took me six months to find out. I'm like, this is really who you are. This is not what we're, we're trying to get behind. Yeah. I don't you know, want to amplify that to the marketplace, even if that has nothing to do with your business and you never say it in a business environment, that spiritual energy is behind it at some level. And I can't be responsible for pushing more of that out to the world. Yep. I, I love that. Honestly, gosh. Yeah. Everything is energy. I mean, and I'm, I'm a field of energy interacting with a field of energy and where there's synergy, you know, there's going to be some very interesting, uh, yeah, I've discovered uh, that. I used to think that our business grew because we learned a new marketing technique or we came up with a new idea. And it yeah. turns out that when we look back on it and we figured this out about a year or two ago, thank God, it was when I took a spiritual evolutionary leap myself as a person, a father, a husband, an entrepreneur, as a leader, the business grew to match me. Yep. 
So the more I work on myself, the more I improve myself, the business will catch up to me. So my one of my favorite quotes is from Dr. Corey Melnikoff, a chiropractor who says, who you are affects how well what you do works. And every yeah. time our business is going like this, which we all have bad months, I'm like, I got to get my head out of my butt. It's me. And every yeah. time it's going like this, it's because I did, I, I became something bigger. Yep. Reality is an externalization of an internal conversation. I you know? Yes, I believe Einstein said that. Yes. <laughs> or something close. Or something close to that. Yeah. Um, and the idea, you know, I approach business as a spiritual discipline. And, Absolutely. You know, and there's, and I get, use the word discipline very specifically here. It, it requires uh, intentionality. It requires some hard work. And this kind of goes back to one of our original comments at the beginning. It's easier to talk about values than it is to live them. So there's a, a, a piece here about leaders that I think is interesting because you're talking about, you're talking my language here in the sense of leaders set the ceiling on performance in an organization. Any oh, organization. That's good. I like and that. It, it, I, I look at performance. I look at results. And the first place that I need to look is at myself. Where, you know, what ceiling am I placing on my mm -hmm. people, on my organization, on the performance of my group, whatever it might be. And until I get that corner turned, anything mechanically I do is not going to make a difference. Correct. Yeah. And that's going to segue for me into a conversation that uh, is organized around podcasts. Yes. Uh, because, and, and there, is, there is a bridge here. I will make it in just a minute. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that, that minute will happen right as soon as we take this little break. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52-week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast-changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business. That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the leadership mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. And welcome back. I'm Blaine Bartlett. You're listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. My uh, guest today is Seth Green. And just before our break, we started talking, or at least I started talking a little bit about podcasts. And one of the things, you know, you know yeah, Seth has got this incredible organization, you need to, and you need to check this out, marketdominationllc.com. Yeah, he's one of the best marketers uh, in, you know, in the business today in terms of you know, growing your business with direct response marketing. And the podcast that we're working with is, um, or the podcast idea is something here that we want to play with. And 
the podcast that you and Kevin has got the number six rated podcast you know, in the country today and you know, with a bullet, it's rising. Um, how do marketers, you're not marketers, how do, how do entrepreneurs use podcasts as a mechanism to grow their business, not just as a vehicle to uh, you know, uh, broadcast messages? And okay, so I'm going to do, I'm going to talk really fast because we're short on time. Yeah. So there are three ways to grow your business with a podcast. One, it's the best way to start a relationship. So interview your ideal client on the show, let them talk about themselves for half an hour, and then use a follow-up process that we invented that gets them to want to talk to you about doing business with you because they just talked about themselves for half an hour. And we have a way to get them to want to talk to you where they hear about you for half an hour. Number two, interview your existing clients and get a 20 to 30 minute testimonial, basically, which they will then share and generate referrals for you. And then most importantly, interview the people who influence your ideal client. So those leverage sources. So if I'm a financial advisor, maybe I want accountants and attorneys because they have my ideal clients as their clients. If I'm a pediatric dentist, maybe I interview pediatricians and kids, martial arts schools and soccer teams and stuff like that. So it's a great way to get clients, get referrals, get testimonials, and most importantly, get leverage by interviewing influencers who will then tell their whole list, whether it's a hundred people or a million people about your show. And then some of those people will be inspired by your show. Just like when you tell, when you promote this show, I'm going to promote it to my following because I was on it. And then some of my folks are going to follow you, subscribe to your show and consume what you're doing because they were so inspired by the soul of business. Yeah. So there's so there's a methodology around this yes. yeah very 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 specifically um yeah and i i'm interested in in folks listening to that because when i started this podcast and i don't think i'm unlike a lot of other folks that did this i just you know grabbed a microphone and started talking right that's, and said hey what most yeah, people do yeah i've uh, got an you know, old client here why don't you come on and sit down yeah. with me and we'll, we'll have a conversation and as I've gotten further and further into it, number one, I'm enjoying it immensely. And that's just a personal bias. I mean, I yes. just kind of like, I, 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 I like talking, I like teaching. And yeah, that's my mission in life is to teach and, 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 and get, get stuff out there. But more importantly, I'm finding that I'm learning a lot. And in the learning, I start getting interested about how do I trans, transmit that learning uh, into other domains mm -hmm. and make it consumable with the listeners and again, it kind of goes back to the purpose of business is to uplift the experience of being alive on the planet. So if I can do that through this medium, yes, that's that's uh, everybody wins on that. And then the next question is, how do I monetize it? And yeah, that's always a nice little uh, question to have because it costs money to produce these, and it can be a loss leader or it can be a a, a top line generator. I don't think it should ever be a loss leader. I think it should be profitable from day one. And we have a process for that. And if your folks want to learn about it at marketdominationllc.com, just fill out the form next to the sizzle reel, jump on our calendar, and we're happy to share it with them. There's no pressure, there's no obligation, and there's no sales pitch. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Folks, you've been listening uh, to Seth Green. Seth, I want to thank you for taking the time today. I know that your calendar is pretty full. And um, they can find out more about you. You mentioned the, the sizzle reel, but it's marketdominationllc.com. And they can uh, pick you up on Sharkpreneur podcast at all of the regular spots, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 subscribe, I subscribe Spotify, Stitcher, on TuneIn, iHeartRadio. You got it. Everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. So 
look forward to talking with you again. And again, thank you, my friend. It's been a really good conversation. You take care. You've been listening to Blaine Bartlett. I am Blaine Bartlett, obviously, uh, on the soul of business with Blaine Bartlett. And real quickly, um, you can find out more about what I'm up to by going to blainebartlett.com. And I would invite you to take a look at um, the um, services page, uh, services tab on that page. uh, And take a look at the mastermind program that we've got up and running right now. I think you're going to find some very interesting uh, opportunities there to grow your expertise as a leader. uh, And as a consequence, grow your business. Until next time, again, Blaine Bartlett. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.